Hey now, what up though? It's Jay Scott Smith here, the host of the People's Podcast, JSC Radio. And you might be wondering why I call it the People's Podcast. Well, I've got a brand new reason for me to call it the People's Podcast because I'm putting the future of this show into your hands. This show is now on Patreon. And what Patreon is, it's going to help you, the JSC Radio listener, the JSC Radio follower and fan, contribute to the show in whatever way you see fit. That's right, looking for people to help keep this show moving. Whether you want to donate $1 an episode, hell, $1 a month for $5 per episode, I'll shout you out on this show, and you'll even be able to vote on exclusive polls and exclusive half episodes. That's right, JSC exclusives. You'll get to hear those half episodes before anyone else. For $10 or more per episode, now it gets fun because you get to be a sponsor on this show. You got a business, you want me to talk about it, I want you to sponsor my show. For $10, hit me up, send me the script, I'm putting you over. Plus you get all the other cool stuff that comes with it. For $25 an episode, same thing applies, except this time you will become an official segment sponsor. Do you want a segment of this show sponsored by your business? Of course you do. That's why you want to hit me up on Patreon. For more information, on how to become a sponsor of JSC Radio, go to patreon.com slash JSC Radio. Patreon.com slash JSC Radio, and you can truly help this become the People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio. Just as it took your breath away when you found out that he was linked to a murder investigation, and just when you found out that he had been charged with murder and been guilty of murder and gone to jail for this, to hear this news this morning is just one more instance where you have your breath taken away because you cannot believe the turn of events for somebody that had so much at one point in his life. His fiance was pregnant with the girl who's now four years old who came to the courthouse last week to see him acquitted of the murder charges in one particular case that was levied against him. And you have a tight end who had signed a $40 million contract that was playing with the gold standard of sports franchises, the New England Patriots, and essentially he was involved in the incident that he was. He was involved in taking another man's life, ruining other people's lives, and now he has taken his own life. Check it out. This is JSC Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, how's it going? Jay Scott Smith here. Welcome episode number 38 of JSC Radio, the People's Podcast. I'm, I mean, it's kind of hard to come in hot after, after hearing that as an open. So we're gonna, we're we're gonna save some of the fun, some some of the funny haha for the back end here. But yeah, this is what we're talking about. Now, before I go any further, little housekeeping. Follow the show, not just me. You can follow me on Twitter at J. Scott Smith. You follow the show. That's right. The show is now on Twitter at JSC Radio. Again, JSC Radio. That's the Twitter handle. want to thank everybody who listens to the show on Apple Podcasts, on iTunes, everybody who listens to the show on SoundCloud and on Stitcher and on Google Play. JScottSmith.com is up and moving. So you can go directly to the website. Go to the website, jscottsmith.com. And I'll have more 
on what I'm talking about in this week's show on jscottsmith.com in the coming days because that's going to be your one-stop shop for JSC Radio. So, uh, yeah. Aaron Hernandez killed himself. And I don't feel bad for him at all. And I don't care if you think that's wrong or not. Aaron Hernandez is a piece of shit. Well, he was. He murdered a man in cold blood. He murdered not just any man. He he murdered Odin Lloyd, who was the boyfriend of his fiancee's sister. He basically was gifted everything in terms of natural God-given ability, in terms of size, speed. He had it all together, as you heard Adam Schefter from ESPN talking about there. And he threw it all away. He murdered one man, and he just managed to skate on the murders of two other guys. Aaron Hernandez does not deserve your sympathy, nor your empathy, nor your concern. His daughter, the little four-year-old girl, she does, because unfortunately she was brought into this world as he was trying to be super thug. This is a guy who came up in a two-parent household like I did. Had a loving family. Had a brother who looked a hell of a lot like him and was a really good dude. Is a really good dude from all I've, I've heard about him and seen of him. This guy was simply, he was simply a scumbag. His father passed away, which is tough for anybody. And that's something I wouldn't want to wish on anyone. I know people who've lost family members recently, too. It's awful. But losing your father is not licensed to go out and try to become some street thug, especially when you don't have to be. He was terrorizing people at the University of Florida, and the University of Florida, led by Urban Meyer, hello Columbus, basically covered it up or brushed it to the side because there were a lot of miscreants roaming around in Gator uniforms. Hey, to be fair, there's a lot of miscreants roaming around at every college campus some point in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to come from my alma mater, Michigan State University. we got to have a discussion, too. That was originally going to be this week's episode, but things changed. And Aaron Hernandez was a bad guy from jump, but he was so good on the field. And by the luck of the draw, he ends up, thanks to the draft and thanks to his well-known behavioral issues, He ended up with the New England Patriots. And all he did was end up playing in a Super Bowl as a part of maybe one of the greatest tight end combinations in the history of the NFL. Dude played in a Super Bowl. He got offered a $40 million contract. Yet, he's out in nightclubs starting up shit with random goobers on the street Because somebody bumped into him. Somebody spilled a drink on him. You're worth $40 million at least. Plus any sort of shoe deals, advertising deals, anything you can get. Why are you out here trying to scrap with some a-hole in a bar? Why do you care if somebody looked at you funny? Your check still cleared, you idiot. But he's gone. We all know what happened. Just about, what was it, about 10 days ago? Not even 10 days ago. Hell, it wasn't a week ago. He skates on the double murder charge. Mind you, he's already been in prison for three years for the Odin Lloyd murder. He skates on the double murder charge. Five days later, the alert comes over from the AP and from everywhere else that he was found dead in the cell. It honestly sounds like the end of the song, The Message, by Grandmaster Flash, Melly Mel, Furious Five. 
He hung himself in his cell in the middle of the night. It's like the weight of the world finally fell on him. It's like everything finally got to him. Adam Schefter on ESPN expanded upon this further yesterday. The people that know him best say it all along that he was an immensely talented and troubled individual. Somebody that had instances where he hung out with the wrong people, where he had the type of decorated career that he did. He played high school football here in Bristol. Mm -hmm. His father worked on this campus here at ESPN. And when he lost his father, many people believe that was a situation that detoured him a wrong way. Now listen, everybody makes their own choices and there are other people who have lost parents and have overcome more. So that is not to make an excuse, but the people who know him say that that was a seminal moment in his life that helped lead him down a certain path. And I would also say this, that Foxborough is not far from here, an hour and a half, two hours, and he's drafted by the Patriots organization and goes there. And at a time where you're trying to escape your past, he's not able to do that by going to someplace in such close proximity to Bristol, Connecticut. It's hard to figure what goes through the minds of people. And when you lose family members, it has a very debilitating effect on you. I get that. I completely understand that. I've seen what losing a family member can do to somebody. It can drive you to do a lot of crazy things. It can drive you to kill yourself. It can drive you into bouts of depression. It can drive you into bouts of anxiety. You feel lost. Losing a parent is something I wouldn't wish on anyone, and I've still got both of mine. I'm fortunate enough to say that. I'm 37 years old. My parents are still here. My mother's 74. She's beaten cancer. She's had knee replacement surgeries. Hell, she taught for almost 40 years in the Detroit public schools. My dad was a police officer for more than 30 years. Every day he walked out of that door could have been his last. Grew up in the streets of Detroit, southwest side of Detroit. Came up during the civil rights era. He was a teenager when the riots in Detroit happened. Came, came hard through the 70s when Detroit had arguably hit its first stretch of rock bottom. He made it. I was fortunate enough to have two parents in my life. And so was Aaron Hernandez, and that's why I have no sympathy for him. Another person I don't have much sympathy for, and I'll come back to Aaron Hernandez in a second. This has been one of those weird weeks, those weird stretches. Before Aaron Hernandez decided to end it all in the middle of the night, on Sunday, Easter Sunday, we're on the couch watching the, uh, the Warriors and the Trailblazers. Quick side note, that series is over. It's over. I look down at my phone and there's this buzz coming from Twitter and on Facebook about some guy going on a killing spree in Cleveland. And I'm like, what the hell are they talking about? And I'm not going to do this guy any favors because you won't be hearing any audio from him. And normally, you know me, I'm pulling audio from everywhere. You're not getting any audio from Steve Stevens, that guy. Steve Stevens after having some weird fallout, because we know who he is. He's just this disgruntled brother who was living in Cleveland, and finally it just snapped, and he had enough. And he was just wantonly driving around Cleveland, looking for somebody to kill, because he's pissed off that either his girlfriend left him, or he left her, or they had an argument, or he just had enough. So he jumps in his white Ford Fusion and starts tooling around Cleveland on Easter Sunday, mind you. It was a hot day pretty much across the country, but especially in the Midwest and in the Northeast where I am. It was up around 90 degrees on Sunday out here. And it was about that warm out there in, in Northeast Ohio. So you got this, this goober just tooling around, 
and he pulls up on a 74-year-old man who's walking up the street holding a plastic bag, looking for aluminum cans, just leaving his family's home after Easter dinner, like an early-ass Easter dinner. This man's minding his own business. He's 74 years old. He's the same age as my mother. That could have been my mom walking up the street. My dad, at his current age, loves to get up early in the morning, put his iPad, and his iPad, are you kidding me? I wish he had an iPad. Put his iPod in his pocket or his little fanny pack, and yes, my dad still wears a fanny pack from time to time. Who the hell are you to judge? He'll get up in the morning, go out, and start walking. My mother worries about him. Not that he'll get lost or anything like that. It's just that he's, she, she worries about him the way she worries about me. I'm a grown-ass man, and she worries about me. My dad will go for a walk, walk about a couple miles, come back around. It gets him moving, helps him continue to lose weight, continue to take care of himself. And that's the thing that popped into my head. That my pops could just be walking up the street, minding his own business, going on about his business on a Sunday morning with his headphones on, listening to his something from Motown, and all of a sudden, some a-hole pulls up on him and says, hey, do you know this girl? Could you say her name? Because she's the reason that this is about to happen to you. Now, to be fair, my dad was a cop, and he still keeps that burner on him. So, Mr. Stevens might not have had the best result trying this on, say, him. But he singled out a guy who's walking up the street, carrying a plastic bag, looking for aluminum cans. And shoots him dead on the street. Leaves him on the sidewalk, then calmly turns around, gets in his car, and drives off like the piece of garbage he is. Then he goes on the run. How he made it, seriously, how the sumbitch made it on the road. He was gone for about 36 hours, I think. I think it was Tuesday morning. Yeah, because he lived all the way through Sunday, made it all the way through Monday. It was Tuesday morning before the police, the Pennsylvania State Troopers, out in West, way out in Northwest PA, good five hours away from Philadelphia. And this is after a Monday where you have idiots from, from Indianapolis through Detroit, back into Cleveland, all the way out here to Philadelphia. You got morons out here claiming that they saw Steve Stevens. Hell, at one point, Philadelphia police had to lock down a stretch of northeast Philly because some moron claimed that Steve Stevens was tooling around in Philadelphia. I'm seeing people on Facebook in Detroit claiming that they saw him there. It's like it's playing a really dangerous game of Where's Waldo. And that's another thing that pissed me off about all this. At any point in time, somebody could just see a random black man in a white car driving up the street with a bald head and claim, oh shit, it's Steve Stevens, and call the police. Then you got the police hemming up some poor guy who might be on his way to go grab lunch, or on his way to work, or on his way to the gym, or on his way to school. You know how many schools we got here in Philadelphia? He's on his way to school. Wherever he's going, on his way to the store, wherever he's going, and all of a sudden he's got police crawling up his ass because he looks like some guy and some idiot said, oh, I saw Steve Stevens. That's another thing that Steve Stevens did. He put a basic target on all our asses by being not only a scumbag, but now he's a fugitive scumbag. And it's not like police need a hell of a lot of excuses to harass black men these days. Erie, Pennsylvania is where they found him. Erie, Pennsylvania, for those of you who aren't exactly coordinated to the Midwest, Erie, Pennsylvania is about 100 miles to the northeast of Cleveland. So in 36 hours, this this dude managed to get from Cleveland, Ohio to Erie, Pennsylvania. Where he was going, we have no idea. Because he was just kind of driving aimlessly. 
at this point. He pulls into a McDonald's. The Mickey D's crew recognizes the guy correctly, hits up the police. They stall him just long enough that the police get there. They chase him, and the coward shoots himself, takes his own life, murdered one man, claimed to have murdered as many as 13, which was probably a smokescreen, if you will, to at least get police on some wild goose chase thinking that he killed a bunch of people, which gave him enough time to escape. That's just my non-expert opinion on running away from the from the cops. But he's killed one man, and before he can really be brought to justice and fully pay for what he's done, the coward takes his own life. We head back to Massachusetts. Aaron Hernandez is dangling from a windowsill in his prison cell, having just taken his own life. In jail for having killed one man, and apparently paying the price. Until you find out that, technically, he didn't. I mean, he spent the last four years of his life in the cooler, but even though he was convicted, and I had to, if you remember, if you recall episode 20, I talked to ESPN's Adrian Lawrence. Adrian happens to mention on her Instagram feed, by the way, you can follow her at Adrian ESPN on both Twitter and on Instagram, that because of Massachusetts law, Aaron Hernandez with his death, is magically cleared of all charges. Why, you ask? By Massachusetts law, if you're convicted of a crime and you decide to appeal, and in the midst of that appeal, you die, whether it's via suicide, whether somebody kills you in jail, whether you just get sick and drop dead. If you die and you're in the midst of an appeal, that's it. It's like one final middle finger to the Lloyd family. One final middle finger to the sister of his fiance, The aunt of his child. People can say whatever they like about suicide. And I, I've seen this where they say, oh, well, you never know. He, he, the, the Steve Stevens had mental health issues. And we don't know what kind of mental health issues that that Steve Stevens was going through, and Aaron Hernandez might have been dealing with some, even though he didn't look like he was suicidal, he he just he just beat a double murder rap. He had to have been killed. There's no way he was suicidal. All of you, shut the hell up. I've had issues with my mental health. Most of you couldn't tell or wouldn't know it. Well, actually, if you've listened to this show for the last year, you'd have had to figure something was not right up at the top of my head. But... I've had issues with depression and anxiety. I've had panic attacks going back for almost 10 years. I can honestly say now that I really want to think back about it, I was probably dealing with my first real bout of depression. might have been when I was 16, 17 years old. It's just that in the black community, there's no such thing as being depressed, especially not in the mid-90s even. There's no such thing as being depressed. You need to chin up. You need to smile. You need to get over it and walk it off. That's some white people shit. At least that's what we're told. But that's BS. I've had mental health issues. There's been more than one occasion where I've thought of taking my own life. It's not easy. And it's frustrating. Because I've seen people deal with things like this. I know people who have dealt with bipolar disorder. For the older crowd, being manic depressive. I've seen what depression can do to people. I've had debilitating anxiety attacks. The first time I had an anxiety attack or a panic attack, I was driving up I-696 
I think I just crossed over to I-96, actually. I'm in Michigan. And those of you who've seen a Marvel movie in the last 15 years, you know what the open looks like, where they have the really cool graphic where the pages flip very quickly. That's what, at least for me, that's what a panic attack is like. Now, imagine having one of those while you're driving 80 miles an hour. Yes, I know the speed limit is, is, is 70 there. Driving 80 miles an hour on the highway in the midst of some intermittent on and off rush hour traffic on a Friday. That's what panic attacks do to you. They're debilitating. And I had a run of them for about five, six years where it just dropped me literally to my knees. Had me crying on bathroom floors. Had me crying on balconies. Afraid to leave my own apartment for fear of having one in public. I've known people who've had much more severe issues than I've had. Hell, I talked about wrestling a couple weeks ago. Mauro Ranallo, maybe the best wrestling play-by-play guy not named Jim Ross, is very open in his issues with bipolar disorder, something that he's been dealing with since he was a teenager. He's open about that. And yet people see that sort of thing and they either want to needle people about it or they want to pick on people about it or they want to screw with people about it. And then you, and then if something happens, if somebody decides they just want to commit a bunch of heinous acts or beat up their wife or beat up their child or destroy property, it gets attributed to mental illness. Mental illness is not death and destruction. Yes, there are people who have been mentally ill who did some sick, depraved, unbelievable things. But that's not everybody and I'm not going to sit here and let somebody pin the toxic masculinity of Steve Stevens the toxic masculinity of Aaron Hernandez because he didn't want to look like a bitch in the middle of a club and decided he was going to try to shoot as many people as possible and then use his money and influence to cover it up and get away with it not going to let the fact that Steve Stevens is just a scumbag who wanted to blame all of his problems on a woman and on everything else but himself. That's not how that works. It's not how that works. I've had my fair share of problems. I've never felt the need to commit acts of violence and mayhem because of it. So to hang what these idiots did in their lives on on, on others' mental illness and paint everybody with that broad brush, no. It's not right. The people I feel for are Mr. Godwin's family in Cleveland. That's who I feel for. The last time they saw that man, he was walking out of their house. He had a plastic bag. He's going to pick up aluminum cans. A quick primer here. For those of you who don't live in places like, say, Michigan or Ohio, for example, like people out here on the East Coast, if you like have pop, or as they like to see out here, soda, if you have those cans in Michigan and Ohio and places like that, we save them for recycling. They're 10 cents each. So usually after a month or so, my dad does this all the time. He's the one who runs to supermarkets where you take the big bags of aluminum cans and plastic bottles and you run them through these machines and they're 10 cents each. And some people walk out of there with 20, 30, 40 dollars. They're drinking way too much pop, but that's again, that's another conversation for another show. So if you're walking up the street seeing an aluminum can on the ground, in Ohio or in Michigan or in Indiana or places like that, that's 10 cents. That's money. And you'll grab a plastic bag. That's what we do. What's one of those weird things we do in the Midwest? It's not uncommon to get into somebody's car in Michigan and find that they've got like a shopping bag, a plastic shopping bag full of bottles and cans in their car. That's what Mr. Godwin was doing 
when Steve Stevens decided he wanted to run up on him and shoot him because he's a moron, because he's a piece of garbage. This is a tough show to do. This is a world in 2017 where people get their jollies from antagonizing others on social media. I've seen my friends go through it. I've seen people I'm acquainted with go through it. I've seen people I don't like go through it. We live in a world where people do heinous acts of violence, whether it's physical violence or sexual violence or child abuse or animal abuse to people. And not only do they do it, they then want to go grab their damn phone and go live on Facebook or simply record it and then upload it to Facebook, upload it to Instagram, just so you can get those likes. The hell's wrong with you? Steve Stevens killed a man and then thought it would be a good idea to put it on Facebook. Are you, are you serious? You kidding me? Aaron Hernandez was a waste of space and a waste of energy and a waste of talent and overall led to a wasted life. And the same thing can be said for Steve Stevens. Both of them. I hope there's not a single second piece where they rest because they've ruined the lives of multiple people and multiple families and they've smeared the good names of everybody else who knows them. They've smeared the good names of people who are dealing with real mental health issues. They, in, in Steve Stevens' case, he smeared the name of Omega Psi Phi Fraternity Incorporated. For Aaron Hernandez, I could say he smeared the name of the New England Patriots, but they aren't exactly the cleanest bunch of guys anyway. But that tells you something. Aaron Hernandez was the Chris Benoit of the NFL. And just like Benoit, he met the same fate. He killed himself. It just took a whole lot longer for him to go ahead and do it. And this is messed up. I've done shows like this before. If you go back to last year, I did the shows on Philando Castile. I did the shows on, on the Pulse shooting in Orlando. This is just the same. You had the incident in San Bernardino last week where the asshole walks in the classroom, shoots his wife, and in the crossfire kills an eight-year-old before he kills himself. We got to do better here. This country's got a lot of problems. Maybe the biggest one is sitting at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. But aside from that, no matter who the president is, we got a lot of problems. We got a lot of bad people, a lot of scumbags in this country. A lot of misunderstood people are getting lumped in with these scumbags. Don't shed a tear for Aaron Hernandez. Don't shed a tear for Steve Stevens. Shed a tear for Joy Lane. Shed a tear for Odin Lloyd's family. Shed a tear for the daughter of Aaron Hernandez, who has to live the rest of her life with the stigma that her father was a murderer, who then killed himself just to avoid any more punishment, avoid having to basically face what he did. It's awful. I love to have fun on this show. I love to talk about cool things. And and that's the upside to doing a show like this, is that I can go as long as I want. We're past 30-minute mark on this thing. I, I can go as long as I want. And this is only going to be a one-segment show. And there's no good way to segue out of this. But I will do so very quickly. In a week, and really in the last five, six days, where a lot of messed up things have happened, damn it, there are two good things that I can try to close this show with. First and foremost, someone explained to me how is it that I struggle to get through workouts. I'm, I'm in the gym usually three, four times a week, depending on what my schedule looks like. And my schedule is ridiculous. You don't even want to know. Those of you who know me know what I'm talking about. My schedule is pretty absurd. And I'm hobbling around here on a foot that's in desperate need of a real serious look at it. 
And I'm pushing through and punching through these workouts. And I'm thinking, damn, I might be the toughest person alive. I might be the toughest guy walking. If you knew the kind of pain my feet were in as I'm sitting here going to this gym and I'm walking up and down the street and I'm walking up all these stairs and I'm walking into subway stations, damn it, I am I am putting work in. And then I find out Serena Williams won the goddamn Australian Open pregnant. She's 20 weeks pregnant. And those of you who follow me on Twitter, at J. Scott Smith, you saw the tweet I put out yesterday when she goes on Snapchat and, and takes that little picture of her apparently pregnant, and she says 20 weeks. Now, I'm not a mathematician, but this is only April. If we're going to go back 20 weeks, we're floating a little bit further back into the end of last year. She played the Australian Open tennis tournament one of the grand slams and those of you who aren't really well versed to how the world works australia in january is basically new orleans in august you're playing in that kind of heat in that kind of tournament preggers and she won without dropping a set i saw a young lady attempt to mock someone from espn for daring to point out how incredible it was that serena did that oh you're doubting that a woman can do anything. She can function normally from at six to eight weeks pregnant. Yes, normally. You want to know what a normally functioning woman is doing? Walking, going to work, getting on the bus, driving, doing some light workouts, maybe jogging, maybe doing different things. You want to know what she's not doing? She's not out there winning the damn Australian Open. Pregnant, without dropping a set. Every match she won was two sets, straight set victories, and she's pregnant. Maria Sharapova can't beat her, and she doesn't have a baby. Help me out here. Help me. Help me understand this. I need to understand this, dude. How does she do it? How? I'm convinced she's a superhero. She's not going to play the rest of this year, and she'll be back in 2018. I ask why not? I say show up at Roland Garros. Do it. Get out there at Roland Garros. I bet she could win at Roland Garros pregnant. I bet she could. I bet she could win the French Open pregnant. And by the time you get to Wimbledon, it might be a bit of a stretch. So maybe she could only miss like Wimbledon in the U.S. Open. But she won the Australian Open. Pregnant. You ain't gonna see... A woman, a normal woman from the WNBA trying to ball pregnant. There was that one woman who did it. No, 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 no. It was a woman who, I forgot her name, but she ran like the, I think she ran like the 100 meter or something at a at, a, at an Olympic qualifier a couple years ago. But she kind of jogged it. She still ran pretty hard, but she made it down the track and finished pregnant. But that was a one-off, and everybody knew she was doing it. Nobody knew Serena was pregnant when she won the U.S. Open. That is astounding. Now, I don't care if you're a man, if you're a woman. If you aren't impressed by that, there's something wrong with you. Serena is just magnificent. And congratulations to her. Because apparently she proved she could whip more ass pregnant than most people could do without a baby. It's astonishing. Oh, she any, any woman can do normal activity. Do you understand that tennis is not a normal activity? 
There are able-bodied people who are really good athletes who can't play tennis. She's out there doing it, carrying a child. Get the hell out of here with that. And one final thing before we check out of here on this kind of a marathon of a segment of a show, but I don't give a damn. As I get ready to say goodbye for this week, we also get to say goodbye to everybody's favorite blustering journalist, Bill O'Reilly. And I say journalist with quote marks around it because Bill O'Reilly ain't been a journalist in about 25 years. Bill O'Reilly was fired by Fox News after more than a decade, really about 15 years worth of sexual harassment lawsuits and accusations and more lawsuits and more accusations. Fox has paid out tens of millions of dollars to cover his ass from all these ridiculous lawsuits. Bill O'Reilly, the O'Reilly Factor, one of the early purveyors of Fox News, is done. Now, mind you, kind of hard to feel bad for him. Besides, he's Bill O'Reilly. Why would you really feel bad for him? But it's hard to feel bad for this guy when, according to the New York Times and a few other places, he's heading out the door with $25 million in his pocket on a buyout. $25 million. They're going to pay him $25 million after they've probably paid out at least that much to the people that have sued him and Fox News. How the hell are you allowed to cost anybody $50 million on the low end? Are you kidding me? So we'll take this whole thing out. We'll head on out of here. Bill O'Reilly, who I never really watched his show, didn't care much for it, but I will say this, of all the quote-unquote TV news shows there have been over the last 15 years, there are very few moments that are better than this one. It's hurt children. How do you hurt children by promoting to be an entrepreneur and a CEO and to do right? You're looking at a principal. For example, for example. Oh, yeah, you're yeah, hold it, hold it. Why you're looking at, at a principal. Why you don't want to let them talk? You mad, you mad, you mad. You mad, Where'd you get from? Where'd you start? Coming to fear, right? No, wrong. Well, you're you looking, you're looking I got dirt on you, doggy. Camera, get I'm going to get at you in a minute. You go ahead, you get at I'm going to get at you in a minute. I'm sorry, but hearing Cameron sitting there in that studio with a throwback Utah Jazz jersey, I couldn't remember if that was a Malone jersey, a Stockton jersey, or a Maravich jersey he was wearing with the hat saying, I got dirt on you, doggy. Bruh, that's an all-timer. So Bill O'Reilly... You can take your $25 million and head off into the sunset, but don't get too comfy with it because now since you're out of that Fox umbrella, don't think the lawsuits are suddenly going to stop, Playboy. So you better do real nice with that money. My name is Jay Scott Smith. I'm telling you to take care of yourself. God bless. Always dare to be different. Always have your pets spayed or neutered. And like Bill O'Reilly... We are out of here. I'll see you next week, or maybe a little bit later than that, because next week I'm going to be covering the NFL draft here in Philadelphia. So you know I'm going to have some stories from that. I'm going to let Bill O'Reilly take us home. Good night, everybody. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. Okay, I don't know. Whatever it is, it's not right on a teleprompter. I don't know what that is. I've never seen that. No, there it is. We are going to do this thing. Okay, but this, now I can't read it. There's no, there's no words on it. Okay. Any? Sure.
There's no words there to play us out. What does that mean, to play us out? What is I don't know what that means to play us out. What does that mean? To end the show? Yeah. Yeah. All right, go, go. In five, four, three. That's tomorrow, and that is it. In five, four, three. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. And we will leave you with a. I can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! Fucking thing sucks! Thanks for coming out. God bless you. Good night. Check it out. This is JSC Radio. I heard on the news about that five-year-old who found his uncle's gun. The kid didn't know it was loaded. I heard on the news about that 14-year-old girl who was bullied online for like a year. She couldn't take it anymore, so she got her dad's gun from his nightstand. I heard on the news about that guy who broke into someone's house, stole a gun from the hall closet. He accidentally shot his cousin in the head. She killed herself. And later, killed the owner of the store he was trying to rob. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council.